0: Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post-service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc wright PhD, certified manager, military veteran, serial founder, best-selling business author, philosopher, linguist, and coach. Your other host is Jeremy Burdick, project management professional, scrum master, product owner, and retired Air Force chief, and the current COO of Vesta PM and the Professional Development Unit University, where we will interview veterans successful in corporate America and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful. Next, let's introduce today's guest. Our guest today is Barry, and he's a two-time veteran, Navy and Army, and recently retired in July of 2022 after 23 years of service to the nation. He was a seaman apprentice in the United States Navy and served as the U.S. Army as both an infantry and military intelligence officer. He recently pivoted into cybersecurity with a focus on insider risk and is a senior consultant with Mandiant, now part of Google Cloud. Hard work, teamwork, respect, and determination guide his actions. One of the most valuable lessons that has come from his experience is that a clear vision and teamwork are the facilitators of success, and that growth happens through investing in each other's thoughts and progress. He has been married for 20 years and has three boys, which means he has no nice furniture, and he enjoys learning, reading, and working out during his free time. Let's get started.
1: Navy 1st, Army 2nd, retired out of the Army. He's a Texan. He's down there with you. Um, did DOD Skillbridge and crushed it, and was just telling a story about, in fact, he called to get a referral from his boss, and his boss said, Hey, I got, I, I'll do you one better, man. How about I hire you back? <laughs> so that's what he was just talking about. So, how cool is that, right?
0: Is it a paramilitary organization that you get hired back to then?
2: <clears throat> uh, no, uh, we were kind of talking about that's actually a cybersecurity company. So my background was Intel. Um, and primarily, like straight up all source intelligence. So I was an intelligence officer. But during like the last 10 years of my career, uh, my kind of my specialty, even though I didn't do it a lot was counter intel. But that naturally kind of a, when I was doing my career tri- triangulation, um, I really enjoyed the intelligence part and specifically counterintelligence with kind of countering the threats that are trying to get our information and found out, well, where can I do this in the civilian sector and then found insider threat within cybersecurity. So that's, that's what led me there.
0: But yeah. And you retired in uh, July, right? Yeah, Yep.
2: Yep. Just in July, July 1st was the official retirement date. So
0: that's a heck of a beard for that short of time. Well done. Yeah.
2: So I started in July. It's like my, my wife hates it, but I love it because I can't grow anything up top. So it's like, I got to do something like, uh, you know, I got to be able to style and work on it. Plus it's a mandatory thing that I'm, I'm noticing with a lot of veterans, right? We don't get to grow that that facial hair out. I guess sometimes we do though, if we get to, you know, cause we can say, you know, I, you know, say that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Viking and I can grow that now sometimes. But, and that's one thing that's kind of cool too with like the way that the military is changing. I was gonna mention it, uh, I don't know if you guys heard but kind of a positive thing from the army is they're actually changing the policy of when you can drop your retirement paper paperwork. so I haven't read all the stipulations but it's like starts January 1st as I understand it and uh, so if you're 18 years or more, you could actually drop your retirement wa- paperwork at two years out now. So I think that's a good thing um you know I, I think we just got to hold our, our leaders accountable and make sure that they they don't try to game the system you know because a loss is a loss when it comes to you know managing personnel. Um, but I'm hoping what the Army does is kind of set up something to where um you know they can not put the unit out of detriment but still help out our transitioning veterans and really set them up for success because that, that that's really the 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 nexus behind this change as I understand it
0: yeah there's a there, there's a like immediately I'm thinking to myself and I haven't read it so I have no idea but. I'm like, okay, is it positive? Is it negative? There's there's probably some really large pros to it. Yeah. There's equally some negatives to it. So yep. what if you get promoted or if you would have got promoted and it's like, hey, I would have stayed if I'd have got that stripe or that, yeah. uh, that next rank. Yeah. And you pull yourself out of it because once you drop retirement papers, now you're ineligible. And yeah. and life life tends to happen when we're not really, we can make our oh, But Life tends to happen. I can guarantee you every single enlistment about a year before I was going to re-enlist, something would happen. Either I'd have another child, um, you know, some idiots would slam, you know, airplanes into the trade center or trade towers there. Things would just happen. Um, And so I almost, I almost think that's for the, for the non, or even for the planners, like the really far out planners. Yep. The only pro I see to it is for the assignments people. Like yeah,
2: yeah, there's that, I think, but I, I do think it helps people kind of just line up stuff too. Hopefully, again, like if, if a unit's able to to really guard them from stuff and let them, you know, do training. Cause that's like a big thing I know. Like I, I always felt like I was behind the power curve, you know, because I kind of sh- you know, you're talking about life happens, and that's so true. Cause I was I was all looking, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to command, right? I wanted to command a battalion. I was an alternate two years in the running, but I never got the call up off the, the bench. I was like, put me in coach. I'm ready, but never got the call. Um, so I started looking at, you know, what else can I do to continue to serve and, and get some fulfillment and give back to the army? And there was actually an opportunity to go be a professor of military science, back like almost like an hour north of my hometown in in south dakota so i could have went to the school of mines and technology i had actually i was on the path to do it i had actually sent uh, an acceptance letter um, sent an introduction to the dean there at the school um, but my wife and i just kind of started looking at everything um, you know life projection where we wanted to end up um, and then like my my body you know the the military's hard on you. So my body was starting to tell me too. like, probably, again, you say stuff happens and, and sometimes you don't listen to it. Right. So I, I always say like, I probably should have retired about 10 years to five years ago because of like the, the wear and tear on my body. Um, like I was always the, the person out there in the runs doing the funky chicken. Right. Um, because of like the overcompensation for all the bumps and bruises in our bodies. But, but, but yeah, um, just just crazy, um, but I decided like very quickly, hey, um, you know i'm I guess it's time to to hang it up, and we decided uh that's when I started, so it was I gotta back up a little bit because that was like at December of twenty one when I decided to do that, finally, so it was like you know i I put that paperwork in there that, that next summer to, to retire, um, the, f- the following summer that year out and drop my paperwork. But it was like, I had, I, I, so I had about 18 months to plan, but even then I was like, I felt rushed. Um, and I had a great unit, um, cause normally it doesn't happen to where they kind of like let you do stuff it, do, for yourself. It's usually like, no, you're in, you're, you're still running, you're in the gates. And especially when you're managing people, but I was able to to balance all that and and had a great chain of command that supported me and allowed me to, to do stuff for me. But I still felt like I was behind the power curve. So that's one thing, like, too, when I when I think about, like, this new, you know, thing for the Army is, like, it could be good because then it allows, hopefully, people to protect them and give them some space and time to really concentrate on them because I knew I had training to do. Because, you know, again, I was I was going from and that was a thing, too, for my transition. I didn't want to be a manager anymore. I wanted to be a doer and I wanted to understand more of the technical because I already understood cybersecurity somewhat. And especially when it comes to counterintelligence, insider threat. But I needed to beef myself up on more of the technical side because um, I was going to be an individual contributor now. And that's what I wanted to do. Um so I had to invest in, uh, you know, that time to do, to do all that, that work. Um, so that was important to me, but man, I felt like I was behind.
1: You know, and even with that said, that's why, you know, I'm stoked that Jeremy and I do the podcast and Barry guys like you come on and gals come on and chat with them. Cause I mean, even if, so if you're out there listening and even if you're, you know, cause you hear that almost every veteran we ever talk to says, Hey, you can't start early enough. Yeah, You know, you're still in uniform, you still got a career, you still got daily duties in uniform, mm-hmm. but, you know, they don't, there There, is no exit event that's no. an immersive event that's going to teach you the new norms, the new customs, the new courtesies, yeah. the new, you know, hey, stop knife hand and like it's, it's, uh, you know, so thank goodness for LinkedIn these days and, you know, uh, networking and things like that, this podcast. I mean, yeah. So even if you can't formally start the transition out, you can start thinking about, okay, when Uncle Sugar's not leading and directing and telling me what I'm going to do next or where I'm going to go next, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go next? Mm. What, you know, like you said, Hey, I think I know an industry I want to go into, but what are the technical chops? You start connecting with those people. You start figuring that out. So yeah, even if you're not going to formally plan You still can listen to things like this podcast and network on LinkedIn and whatever, and start going to industry events, reading industry trade publications, so that you can figure out what you want to do next. Because two years will, like you said, man, two years goes faster than you think. I mean, yeah, and I I had a yeah, I had a
2: I had a tentative plan too. You know, or at least was like, hey, I think within the next three to five years, I'm probably going to be, you know, at, at my horizon. But it comes fast. And, you know, as a planner, you know, I, I, was, I, was, I, I was made that way, trained that way through my whole career. But still, it's like you have audibles, but still, it's like uh, like Jeremy was saying, life, life intervenes when you least expect it. Or, you know, or you, you see different opportunities and just ways to do different, uh, to provide and, and feel fulfilled and give back. Um, but the other thing I thought was interesting too, that I was kind of smiling about like the knife hand, you know, there is something like, you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta become a civilian, you, you operate different. It's more like leading through influence, I think is like the best thing I've heard rather than like you automatically have the rank and, or, or, or like, you know, there's a rank structure. It's hierarchy, It's a hierarchy. It's not like that always in the business world. And it's a lot more through influence. Um so there is something to be said about like that's part of your transition too is just learning how to operate differently and think differently. Um and I, and that is the great thing I think about reaching out to people on LinkedIn early even if you're still in and like getting back, you know, cuz I got you know, I got consumed by work. I you know, that was my job. I, I in any 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 time I had, I tried to make for my family cuz you're you know, you're always trying to find balance. Um, we are, I mean, we're still all trying to find it constantly, I think, and do better at that um, with managing, you know, time between family and work and all that and other commitments. Um, but the thing I'll say is, is, uh, I mean, it, it it just takes a lot in, in, uh, in talking to people, I think helped me kind of like transition and, and learn to, to, to operate anyways although I, I i like to think that you know i listen to my people a lot anyways and and led a lot more through an in, influence and i've heard that a lot from people and you know and, and we started later on in my career getting like a lot of um feedback we did like those uh multi-source assessment 360 so you actually hear feedback from your peers your subordinates your superiors and and i did hear that so that was good to to hear but Um, as part of DOD Skill Bridge, too, that kind of helped me like transition back into civilian life. And that that's the other beauty that I don't think is talked enough about with like Skill Bridge and other transitioning opportunities like that is like, yeah, it gets your foot in the door, but it helps you like become a civilian again, too. It gives you that soft landing. Um, So I think that's a that's an awesome part of like these transition programs that are out there. And and the other thing, too, was like that you that I'll touch on that you talked about, Doc, was, you know, not knowing necessarily what you want to do. I was like, hey, I'll hit the easy button and I'll I'll go be a program manager. Um, but I started talking to program managers and was like, I don't know if I want to do that right away. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if that sounds too fun right now. I want to do something else. Um, so, I mean, again, that's what guided me. A different route, just because I did that soul searching, searching and that that triangulation that I was kind of talking about earlier, right? I, I listed out what were my likes about my job, what were my dislikes, you know, and then kind of like what do I want? So I had like you know those 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 three, then you know get the Venn diagram out, make by three little three little circles. That last one was kind of like what do I want out of my personal life, and and, and you know I kind of tried to see what was in the center there of the positive things. And then that kind of led me down to searching and reaching out to people that were in these industries. So I went out, I found people in an insider threat and talked to them. Um, And I, I reached out to a lot of veterans. But the thing that was beautiful too, is like, I was reaching out to a lot of just civilians that had no idea really had, you know, they, they maybe had a friend or some, somebody in their family that was in the service, but for the most part, didn't know a lot about veterans, but, but man, like I was, I was actually, I was one that was kind of against like, reach out to people. Um, Cause we're kind of self-sufficient, right. um In the military, there's probably some, um, a little bit of like, uh you know, our are uh what am i trying to, to say like the pride pride is a big part of it i think there's a little bit of pride in there but i was blown away by the amount of people that were willing to help um just by reaching out i think you show you show how genuine you are and people will just they'll they'll flock to that and they they will help you out so i would say like the, the network that i created because i started out with like maybe 50 connections on LinkedIn, but they were all like military buddies, um, maybe a few friends that I knew from high school that were out there in the civilian world but um, but those informational interviews reaching out to those people um, and just hearing what their job was about and being like, could I do that? Do I think I could do that? Would I want to do that? Yeah. Um, helped, yeah helped out helped out immensely.
0: So let's, I mean, let's kind of unpack a little bit of the, the triangulation slash gap analysis. So yeah. tactically for the listeners out there, what would you say they need to do? Like just give them a one, two, three step process that they can start down that path that you took uh, that'll help them tomorrow or the next day.
2: Yeah. So that's a good question. Cause I know you can Google it and find numerous ways to do it. Um, but I think like step one is do it um yeah. okay. and it, it's like you know put time on your calendar block off time to do um some some introspection and and really look at you know and really evaluate what you liked and what you didn't like i think that's like the biggest things what did you like and what didn't you like about what you were doing those are probably the two biggest things yeah um yeah. so it's, it's like nice. you know sometimes
0: we don't even know what we like and dislike yep. What you said was kind of golden earlier. Like you're so busy professionally,
2: yeah,
0: that you're doing what you're told, and it Mm -hmm. it either it does one of two things. You realize you hate it, or you embrace it and begin to like it. But innately, maybe it wasn't what you wanted to be when you grew up. But you just want to be good at what you do. Like everybody shows up to work wanting to be good at what they do, until you get crushed. (laughs) Yeah. depressed so I really I mean I like it. it's it sounds really simple take some time figure out what you like yeah but figure out what you really like mm-hmm. like not what you've been told to like yep what you really want to wake up and do uh tomorrow or the next day or the next year or the next 10 years yeah. so all right. yeah I like- really
2: it really does sound simple too but it's not it's not. It isn't. Yeah. Because it's like, again, life happens. It's, it's yeah. busy. It's a busy p- place. There's lots going on. There's a lot of distractions and you have to make time for yourself to do that. Right. Um, you know, I always try to do that um, and reflect and make some time to reflect. Cause I know like when I went to command and general staff college for like nine months, you know, they, they say you get to decompress, but it's like, for me, that was like the best time. It's like, yeah, I got to learn a lot while I was there and planning and get ready for the next st- steps about being a field grade officer and a future leader and, and pick some of that up um, and, and think about army design methodology. But like the big part of it was as I had more time to just kind of sit there and reflect on the the things I had done over like the past 10 years and slow down and think about like some of those things. So yeah, that's that's a huge part of, I think, just overall what people need to really think about when you hear triangulation or something like that is take the time to reflect on what you liked, what you didn't like and what you want, like, what do you want to do? And like, that's part of, I think it, it feeds into so many other things within transition too. And like reflection and like you hear about branding, because I think again, all those will help you get to like, what is, what really is my why? Like what drives me, you know? And that's another thing. Like we don't, we don't think about and people hear about branding and think it's like this, you know. It kind of is like a niche term, but it's like really that's what it is. Finding out like really who am I, um, and sometimes we don't do that. And you don't find sometimes you don't. You know, we're always growing as people and humans, but like it's an important thing again to like think about like what really drives me. And I think it's like it's powerful when you start to figure that out, you know. And I know for me, it's like it's it's helping people. It's helping people protect data. You know, and and really, that's like what has always been kind of like the baseline. Even my service, like that's why I served, was because I wanted. I I felt like, yeah, I wanted to be, I wanted to serve my nation, but I wanted to serve the people. Um, And service is a big part of that. And like you know, being an intelligence and encounter intelligence, it was always about protecting people when it came down to it. So like that's again, that was like my why, and that's what's kind of still led me down a very similar path, not exactly the same, but but very similar.
1: You know, Barry, you hear, like you said, I mean, you hear branding all over LinkedIn and wired and inc.com and whatever. And you're like, wow, what is that? And they probably didn't teach it to you at your schoolhouses and command and staff college. They probably don't teach it to you in taps. And so what I tell folks is just, who are you? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do that? And what value does it bring somebody who would care? Right? Because not everybody's going to care. So for the people who care, what what's your signal that you're sending through the market? So like you, you know, I mean, just in a brief time of meeting you. So, hey, I'm a guy who served, who wants to continue serving. I use my curiosity, my problem solving, and my sense of service to secure your data so your organization maintains profitability and competitive advantage or whatever, Yeah, right? Like then yep. the civilians, like, and you, and, and the branding, so to speak, flows from that. There's your yeah. story. I know who you are. I know why you do what you do. I know what you do. And I know what I get out of that relationship.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That little piece Uh, that you just
1: coordinates that you're good to go.
2: Yeah. That little piece you just broke out there too, is like, I mean, that's, that goes into your elevator pitch when you're meeting people or you're going into an interview and then it's, it's genuine. Again, it's like, that's the beauty of it. You take the time to do all this stuff. It's like, it's natural. It's like, it's right there. And then you're not like deer in the head, like thinking about like, do like reflecting during an interview or meeting someone, you know, when it's like, you know, cause people can sense that too. They're like, well, you know, they, they just don't quite know what they want to do. They can be a great person, but you know, it's just, it, it helps you immensely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. I mean, you kind of talked a little bit too about, uh, uh, quality and networking and, and taking it from the 50 people to yeah 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 more that are outside of the your your natural job right so the yeah. the person that you just served with five or six years or whatever else it's likely not going to be the person who hires you professionally on the outside yeah unless they're your you know they've gotten out ahead of you you know so i mean it could it could happen but it's just unlikely so what are some of the tips and tricks that you used to build a quality network
2: Yep. And that's, that's the key word right there. It's quality. Like some people will, I think, get into going over the top, maybe a little bit too much with branding and thinking about building my network. So it's just like blindly clicking on people. So quality is the key right there. It's like, who else do, you know, do I think like, I could hopefully help them out and bring value to their network too. Cause it's not, it shouldn't be all about me. Right. It should be like a real relationship. And that's like, we're all people. So don't, don't forget about that. You know Um, and we want to help each other out for the most part, I think like, yeah, everybody wants to be successful, but hopefully it's not at the detriment of somebody else, you know, but, um, but yeah, quality is like the biggest thing. And then finding people in your industry and and again, like that was one thing I had to unlearn too. going back to not being maybe a believer in LinkedIn. I mean, I was on Facebook a little bit, but I wasn't a big social butterfly and I don't go on Facebook a whole lot more. I find more value, I think, in LinkedIn, too, because I've, I've built that quality network and I find more um, that drives me. And I I just I, it fills my cup more, you know, I, I get I get more fulfillment out of it. Um, there, yeah, there's detractors there and there's some negativity, but for the most part, it's pretty upbeat, positive. Um, Facebook, maybe Twitter, maybe not so much anymore. <laughs> um, but it seems to be a lot more kind of openness and building people up. And and that's the thing too, is like, I think again with networking and it's kind of hard virtually, right? Um, but you got to try to find the right people. And, and it, it is just about, I think, again, I think it goes back to what we talked about before and like that analysis and that reflection of what, what do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want out of life in the future? And that should drive kind of like your, your connections and in the people that you want to meet. And I, I, I branch out, right. Like I don't just stay within cybersecurity, but I find like-minded people that have the right drive that are positive. And, and especially like with um, you know, I still reach out to veterans. It's not like I stand, I stay away from veterans anymore because like, I reach out cause I want to give back. Um, and I've, you know, I, I still, I've been trying to make more time to, um, and that's really one of the reasons why I came on here is cause I wanted to give back. Um, you know, cause people will, you know, they can take what the take, take the good, drop the bad that they don't like out of this podcast or whatever, um, and I think that's like all, all engagements that you have with people. It's like, we all can learn something from each other. Um, you know, uh, whether it's good or bad, we can all learn from that. Right. We can learn from negatives too. Like, Hey, I don't want to go that way. or I don't want to do that. Um, sure. So that's a good thing. But it, it came down to like, for me, a, a personal thing, going back to your original question about how did I navigate it, You know, it's like, I, I think I have maybe around like 2000 connections or so. I'm not positive, but it's like most of the time the people I reach out to again, are the people that I want to connect with. And then like those that are reaching out to me, same same thing applies, but it's, it comes down to me individually. I'm not just like one that's just going out to like build the number, right. It's it, it, to me, it's, it's more deeper and it, it, and to me, it should be quality because that's, that will be more valuable to, to you, I think in the end.
0: Yeah. Two major points that you brought up. I like that, uh, that stood out to me from what you were just saying is the, a connection can't be lopsided. Mm-hmm. You can't always be the guy that asks for the favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after so many favors, you kind of wore out the teeter totter. And now you're, you know, you're way at the bottom and there's just no way to get back up. Um, so I guess as a good piece of advice, offer value to your connections. Yeah. If it's always just you ask and ask and ask and need and need and need, and then you're probably going to get, you know, ignored, ignored, ignored. Yeah. But uh, the other thing was, you know, not staying within a silo of just one place. You know, if you're, if you're a car, you need a lot of different parts to make it go, right? You, you need tires, you need an engine, you need the body of the car, you need gasoline for it. So, I mean, the whole idea of, Sticking in one industry area seems a little uh, at first like that's good. It's good get penetrate mm-hmm. deep into that career field, but then branch out so yep. that you have a wider view of what people need and what they value, so that you can offer value. You can't offer value if you don't understand what they value.
2: So, yeah, and then like like we said many times, life is going to happen. So maybe you find out like, hey, maybe I want to go a different route, and then there's there's a path open to that. Where, like, again, from these connections and and even the discussions and giving back with people, you might figure out, hey, maybe that's something I want to do. Maybe maybe I want more of that. Yeah. Um, right. And maybe I can maybe I can you know add value to to that person or that organization that that other path that I didn't see.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I got to be honest with you. I mean, after uh, serving twenty plus years, I don't know that I knew what I wanted to do. In fact, I definitely knew did not know. I knew that I did not know uh, what I liked and disliked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I think I was pretty much too until I really started, you know, taking time to do that reflection. And I still don't, and I still tease about that. Like I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, um, because it is. It it really is just a journey. Life is a journey. I mean, people. People say that all the time, but there's a reason for it, man. There, there is a big reason for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great advice, Doc. What are you, what are you thinking?
1: You know, and that's key too, Barry. So this triangulation, this networking, these things, and that's what's cool about this gang is these skills are, yes, they're perishable, but you're going to use them again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you, two different services. The second time I left service, 2003, I've been like seven completely, completely different professions since then. Yeah. But every single one of them, it's like, hey, why do I want to go to this next profession? Cool. What are the pros? What are the cons? How am I going to bring value? What skill sets have I developed in the past that I can leverage in this future role? So that, so that again, you can give that that your why, as you were mentioning, Barry, and you yeah. you just lather, rinse, and repeat, man. Hey, I want to be a business pro- uh, professor. Cool. What's a professor do? What are they like? What's a day in their life like? Cool. What makes a good one? What makes a bad one? Cool. How do I be a business owner? Cool. How do I be a DOD civil servant? How do I completely disparate fields?
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. How do I start my own business and do something completely different that I,
1: that I didn't even know? You're,
0: you're, you're still in sprint mode. Yep. You're constantly just sprinting. Got to take care of my primary duties. Got to take care of my additional duties. Got to take care of my people. It's like those three things yep. are always on your mind. And then, you yeah, know, that's, it's a that's, up. that
2: that's a hard thing too. there. You talk about like for me again, like being so like having that underlying, you know, uh, thing of service in my, in my people and taking care of my people, man, that was, that was kind of a hard thing to do. Cause again, it's like, you have to create time for yourself and you're not used to that. No, So, so it's like, I really had to focus on that. And our taps program is good. Not all taps are created equal. Um, again, it depends on who's running the programs, you know, and, and, and they do have like a curriculum that they have to follow, but right. It comes down to people and how they manage their, their program. Um, so you can have some good ones and some bad ones. And ours was a good one, but it's like, it's just too much darn information to cram into three days, you know, and that's, it's like good, good military training, right? That's what we do. We, we, we schedule like a two hour block of instruction. That's probably supposed to be about two weeks. Um, but that's the way it works. But so again, you got to find, you got to find supplemental things and, and, and and add that into your, your kit bag and, and, and make it be a forcing function for you too. Cause then again, it's like, you can hopefully have some leadership that's understanding and, and discuss with them. And that's the other thing I'll say right there too, is like, I was open and honest with, you know, my, my, my G2, I mean. 06 Great guy. Um, Gus Muscovsky, if any of you have ever run across him, he's a, a, an American Panamanian guy. He grew up in Panama and actually surprisingly great story. He knew like my second uh, aunt and uncle and cousins that used to run around there in Panama. So we had some history that we didn't even really know about, but early on when I knew, like I felt that change that, Hey, I was going to be, you know, Retiring, I I went up and I had that honest discussion with him. I got some time on his calendar, sat in his office, and said, "Hey, sir, it's time time for me to hang it up." And it's like, here's my plan. I went in there with a solid plan, and I think that's one thing you do too that will actually, you know, set well with you is like if you have a solid plan. I had a timeline laid out. I again planner. I had my little Excel spreadsheet with a calendar and and, and showed him and did the backwards planning of like, these are the things that I need to do training. um, You know, here's my terminal leave, walk that all off for him. So he didn't have to think about it, but showed him I had a solid plan and it helped him like think about already in the future too. Like how could he protect the organization, help me out, but protect the organization to carry on without that being such a big impact. And again, taking care of me. So, um, so that, that's a big thing too, I would tell people is, is plan that out. And again, that's like why it goes back to like, sometimes like two years sounds like a long time, but it's not because you gotta, you gotta sit there and be deliberate about it. Um, Because that's, that's the key to, to, to the success, right? And the, the, and some of the, again, the hard work that people don't see, are all those little planning things that you have to do, and, and it all takes time. Yeah, time. Time is not infinite.
0: Right. No, I, I agree. I, I think the uniqueness there is, you planned it, but then you showed it to your boss. Yeah. So that he could help you. Could we all want to? I mean, you're not. You're not wearing the cloth because all of a sudden, you know, you don't want to go be a millionaire or you want to leverage people for your dominance. I mean, it's a service industry. We yeah. are there to serve others. Sometimes people just don't know how to help the other, you know, people in their, in their command, for example, yeah. you know, every commander doesn't understand that, Hey, uh, I need to give this person time to one, figure out what they want to do. And then two, to go do it. So mm-hmm. it's the deliberateness. And I like the way you put that, the deliberate planning, and then the deliberate execution of your plan to see what then happens. That's the only way you're going to know what, if, if it was a good plan or a bad plan, you got to start working it somewhere. Um, before we get too far, I do want to bring back, you, you said something that um, early on in the show that was uh, the importance of informational interviews. Unpack yeah. that just a little bit for me.
2: Yeah. So, you know, again, I started out and I was like, hey, I want to be a program manager. So I started like researching online, like most would do, reached out to Mr. Google and kind of seeing like, you know, what does that entail? What training does it entail? Um, I actually started down the path. I think I got like two hours into the, to some training I found, uh, through some free training online. And I was like, oh, let's put a pause on this. I need to talk to some more people. So then I started reaching out to some folks online again, through my connections that I had reached out to some of them were more people I had already made connections with. Um, and then some of them were people that I, you know, continued to like you know, go out and find. And again, like looking at that quality and people that I wanted to connect with. And it wasn't only because like, you know, going back to like, I wanted to reach out to that person just because I knew they were program manager. It was usually like, again, I looked at them from a broader perspective. Do they, can I bring value to them potentially in the future? Can they bring value to me? Um, and do I like what I see? You know, I, I go through and I, 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 I look, you know, that's the intelligence officer in, in me too. I, I go and I'd, I'd look on their profile, see if I liked the message they were sending, look at some of the comments they had made. Um, and then like I, you know, once I started feeling like this is not what I wanted to do, um, then I was like, well, okay, there, there's one indicator right there. I don't want to do this. What do I want to do? And that was like the, you know, the the door or the 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 elephant in the room. I finally saw it and I was like, man, I don't know what I want to do. So then it made me focus on. Okay, what do I want to do? So then it led me down cybersecurity. You know, and I started doing that tri- triangulation, because that was something too. You know, when I was in college, I took a computer class, and I actually liked it. Um, it was just like you know binary languages and 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 programming and stuff like that. So it wasn't necessarily cybersecurity, but it was something I had always kind of been interested in, and I'd always touched on the fr- fringes of it in intelligence, anyways. Um, But then I was like, okay, cybersecurity is like saying you want to go into the medical field. And that's a big thing too, is like, you know, when you're finding out about these different industries, you got to figure out like, what is it all about? Because there's like all these different, um, you know, some people will think IT and cybersecurity are the same things. Well, no, they're complementary, but they're not the same things. And that's something too, like going down this path of reaching out to your connections and doing informational interviews that do that job you can find out what does it entail. And then like, it's, it's a teaching moment for you too, because you get to figure out, well, what is it exactly? And what does it entail? And then the other thing that's beautiful about it is when you're talking to these folks, they can usually hear like what your interests are too. And be like, Hey, maybe you want to consider X, Y, or Z, you know, or like based on your background. Cause like, again, sometimes we don't know what value we have in our kit belt right the things that we learned in the military that we can bring to the to whatever organization that was like a big part of it too was for me was I you know I knew I had a a a lot of things I, I could bring to the table a lot of soft skills and you know I'm a people person and and um but it's like what are actually the technical skills I had to sit back and really look at that too like what 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 translates into the civilian world? And there was actually a lot, right? I didn't think there was, but but there was a lot. Um, and again, like, from talking to these people and building these relationships, people people get to know you. Um, and that's how I got into like Mandiant um, in the first place and got my skill bridge opportunity because I had I had been in conversation with this guy that was an insider threat, Johnny Collins, he's at a completely different company now. But great guy. He was, a, again, he just a, a regular civilian, didn't know me from anybody else, reached out and we would just talk. And um, and he ended up, you know, first he was a coach. Then he became a mentor. Then he became a sponsor. And that's another thing, too, that people there's there's differences there. Right. There's like the coaches that they just sit there and tell you, like, hey, you know, you, you got to take take this ball and when you're running to the right sideline, you know, make sure that ball is in your right hand when you're, when you're running the sweep or whatever, so that, you know, you're protecting the ball. So, so there's that, but then there's the mentors, right. That start to kind of like say, well, if you want to do X, Y, or Z, they can help you kind of like set stuff up and they, they help, they start to help and, and, and hold you accountable. And coaches do that too. They can help hold you accountable, but there's usually more of a connection there. It, but it's, it's like, again, it's like those people it's a relationship, it starts to develop. And then like when I think when sponsorship comes, and this is something like they talk about in four block too, where where it like really dawned on me because I'd never really heard it put this way is like then sponsorship, you don't know when sponsorship happens. It just happens. That's usually like when somebody finds value in you and and they know you well enough that they're gonna they're gonna take a bullet for you. Are they're going to like take, you know, they're, they're going to put their name on the line and they're going to vouch for you. And you will never know it. Um, if, if they do that. Cause that's like, to me, that's like when that's like that aha moment, when you know, you've like created a, a great connection again, like all back to like the information, this all happened because of an informational interview um, one of many, like I, I, so many people I could talk about um, that have just been awesome and, and great helps during my transition. But but it was because of that and that that relationship that we we developed with Johnny and um, like you know I was sitting there still struggling to find an insider threat position within SkillBridge to where I could actually like get some real world experience and again like see how do my skills and in in, uh, in everything and experience translate into the civilian sector what does it actually mean. Um, And then I can actually learn, do I really want to do this as well? But it was, um, we had been talking for probably about three months, three or four months. And it was just like an email out of the blue. He was like, hey, have you found a skill bridge position yet? And he had a little smiley face emoji on there. I remember it. And then I was like, nope. And he's like, hey, you need to talk to so-and-so. They're in HR. Reach out to them um we want to bring you on as a skillbridge intern and that's like how that started right um so again that's that that's the that's the thing like about the informational interview you know just just there's people out there talk to them you know and ask them you know have questions lined up of what you want to talk about don't don't just i mean you can go in there blind but i would say have like a solid you know 3 to 5 questions that you want to talk about start with that and then build on that you know get more questions Then don't, don't let it in there, you know, right. If, if they have time and they want to invest in you, reach back out to them or reach out to others and ask them or ask some people the same questions. Cause maybe you want to get validation that, you know, somebody didn't, was it just like real positive about this part? Because that's something that they liked. Again, it's got to be like what you like and what you want,
1: you know, and you're going to have to have questions for the real interviews, Right. So when the chips are down and you're interviewing for a position, you're going to have to have questions. So uh, that's a good thing to ask your contacts, too. Hey, what are some good, valid questions that hiring managers, folks like you sitting on the other side of the desk, want to know about in an interview? Yeah, Um, they can give you good. They can give you answers to the test, man.
2: Yeah, they can. And then the other thing, too, is like once you get into that dialogue in an interview, it becomes like more of a dialogue you know, you're going to get those questions toward the end, maybe, or maybe they'll throw you a curveball, but they're going to ask you questions too. Hey, do you have any questions of me? So it helps to develop that skill too, with having those, you know, that, that dynamic conversation and, and kind of thinking like, okay, this is the industry I want to go into. You're already going to start to develop like some questions for that, that manager, that, um, through through information, interviews, and this research that you've been doing, like, again, what's important to me? What do I want to see if this organization or this manager that I could potentially, you know, be working for, um, you know, it, am I going to, am I going to potentially reach that goal and objective in their organization?
0: Yeah, great point. Great point. Not so much, so much to unpack, but I really, I'm, I'm loving the, the informational interviews as a, as a preparation for the real interview. Yeah. Use your time with these experts that you've spent time finding. They've given up their time. They're giving you value, you know, and so uh, harness that and put that into your professional, you know, repertoire, whether you've got a a spiral or you put it in your phone, great Mm -hmm. questions to ask during an interview. You know I mean? It makes such a big difference, but As we, as we start to wrap this up, you know, oh, you got, got a book.
2: Yeah. So it's a transition book. Okay. Just what you, just what you said, I still have it. Yep. I mean, I put that stuff in here and I refer to it because you're you're not going to remember. And that was the other thing. Like I had a a transition book.
0: For people Um, that uh, are just listening, he held up the, the military, you know, greenback style uh, book with all of his little notes in there. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can't beat that. Right. Um, as we run through this, is there anything that tactically someone needs to start tomorrow that you would uh, say, Hey, let, let's get after it? Where would they start? What would be the first couple things that you might say?
2: Number one, I would usually say, find your why. What drives you? Because I think like you really do that, that, yeah, that inner search of like what actually drives you, not. And then sometimes that doesn't actually, you know, mean like, what do I want to do in a career? No, like, it's like, what drives you? What, what fills you? What, what what fills your cup? Um, You know, and I think that goes a long way. Um, And then I would say, you know, a a second thing would be plan, plan it out, be deliberate about it. And then third, I would say, you know, for somebody that was an intelligence and very, uh, like didn't like to be on social media a lot. Break out of it. You can be careful. Like sometimes I, I probably still, you know, I, I've broken some cardinal rules and probably opened up more than I should have and and let a little bit more out on online than I should. But um, you know, trust in folks, trust in people, um, and look for those quality connections. You know, and ask ask good questions, and, and you know, bring value to their network. Um, because you're going to get a lot out of it. And again, like those, the thing too that I forgot to mention when you said it was like those in informational interviews. Yeah, it helps you prep for the the interview, but it could be the interview too. You never know. You never know, like from these discussions, like the bonds you can make with people. And it's like somebody be, might just be like, yep, I want you on my team. And then the timing might not be right. Like I talked about, like I wanted to work for Mandiant. Mandiant, I actually didn't know this is going to be funny. Um, but I didn't know what, what Mandiant was when I originally like was again, trying to figure out cybersecurity because I wasn't in the industry. And then like, I find out like by accident, you know, when I reached out to Johnny Collins who, who had worked there, um, I started like, you know, Googling it. And then it's like, even Mandiant is low key, um, because you you have to like really read in the like news headlines when these cybersecurity breaches and the like incident response responders go out there and they will be just like a blip in there, like Mandiant intelligence helped out or, or Mandiant consultants helped out doing what they will just be like a blip in there, but they're all over the place. But, but, but that was the thing too, is like, it just, it opened my mind, my mind and, and my view. And, but, but like, I kind of got off track there, but like, you know, I wanted to work for them. Like once I started figuring out, like also like what the organization meant and there's like a lot of veterans in this organization too, which I'll, I actually really like too. but I found out again by accident. Um, I mean, the CEO is a former, um, Air Force OSI, um, agent, um, so, I mean, right there should tell you something about, but they're like very mission focused. So again, like when I was looking for what I wanted in an organization, um, like their values spoke to me. Um, And when I was doing the internship, it was like, okay, these guys actually, these guys and gals, they believe it. They're doing it and they're service oriented. I got that good feeling of like, I want to work here. Um, I I would love it. But like at the time, it's like, you know, they didn't have, because the way it works in the business world, again, it's different. They just don't have infinite money, right? You've got to have contracts and customers in place to hire people. And that didn't necessarily pan out at the time. So I, at the end of, you know, end of my three months, they're like, sorry, you know, we we want to hire you, but we don't have anything. And I thought that door had closed, but, you know, I, I took that break. I was with them um, from January to April 1st. I had a big break. Um, and then, like it was around June or July, I reached out to my old manager for a referral to a completely different job, and he's like, "Hey, man, yeah, I'd love to refer you, but you want to come back to work for me." And by August first, I was back to doing it, and I'm and I'm like, "This is this is my office. This is where I work from too." So that was another thing like I wasn't necessarily looking for, but it's beautiful. Um, I love working from home. Some people don't like it. But, um, and I do miss the human contact a little bit, but like, like this is great too, like the podcasts and, and virtual networking and conferencing, like you can still get a lot from that. Um, but, but yeah, you never know again, where life is going to lead you, um, from all this stuff that we talked about, there's like, there's like beauty in all of it. And it's, it's going to be valuable. It might not seem like it at the time, but it's going to pay off. And it's going to pay dividends because, again, you're going to you're it's like I think Doc had said it. You're going to reuse these skills over and over again in, in numerous things um, throughout your transition.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I need a notebook. <laughs> where, where is it? But uh, Doc, uh, any parting shots, anything you want to bring up?
1: No, other than. Barry, uh, cool having you on the podcast, man. I mean, I knew when we were chatting beforehand digitally, I'm like, man, I wonder if he did come on a podcast because, you know, that's, and it never fails. I mean, like you hear, hey, network, you hear, hey, figure out what you're going to do next. You hear, hey, find your why. But but I, I don't know how many dozens and dozens and dozens of podcasts we've done now, Jeremy, but every single guest brings like, a half a dozen nuggets of wisdom, you know what I mean, that are totally different because Barry, it's your transition's completely different. And yep. I was talking about this with a vet. We were having lunch last Friday, and one of the things I struggled with is the transition is not like a sprint. There's no finish mm. line.
2: No, there isn't. It I've goes been out on. Since
1: 2003. I, you know what I mean. I. It took me a decade to transition because you're literally transforming. Yeah, and so like you said, when you learn those skills to, you know, you don't have to figure out what you want to be when you grow up now because if you figure out that what you're doing isn't it, you just transform into something else, right? Yeah. I mean, we're critters; we adapt. So, yeah, uh, I'm I, going. I really I'm, like the fresh eyes you brought to it. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can, you can, you can decide to become a lawyer at 50. You can do it. You we still talk got to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, we live longer, right? But like, look at some of the average. Average lifespan of, of people, it's like, you know, yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it's a rush. It's a rat race out there. Time is not infinite. But again, you can recreate yourself in, in like a short amount of time. It's like, yep. y- you can do it. It's scary. It's scary because it takes time, it takes commitment and hard work, but you can do it.
0: Yeah, I love it. What a way to wrap it up. You know, deliberacy, hard work takes time. I yeah, mean- I,
2: pre- yep. I really appreciate you guys having me too. This was, this was great. Like I said, my, my first one, I've I've actually been lined up to do a couple of these, but, but work or life would, would intervene. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on too, and and giving me this opportunity to give back a little bit and, you know, and flap my gums. I I love to talk about this. I'm passionate about it. Hopefully that came through and and hopefully I gave value to people who listen to and your listeners.
0: For sure. I think you helped me. So I really appreciate uh, the time we talked and look forward to talking again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll stay in touch. Definitely. I appreciate it again.
0: Cool. Thanks,
1: Barry.
2: Yep. Thanks,
0: guys. Thanks for
1: listening, everybody.
0: Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the Military Transition Academy powered by vets to pm If we piqued your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website, Vets2PM.com and see if we can help prepare you for a better tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.